Our very existence depends on this. This black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity and feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another episode of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information on African-American health from some of the nation's top doctors and is sponsored by the African-American Wellness Project. Our guest today is celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, and we'll be speaking with Ms. Shaw about a healthy balance of food, family, and culture. I'm Jason James, executive producer, and I'm joined by our esteemed host, Dr. Michael Lenore, a physician, medical reporter, and past president of the National Medical Association. Dr. Lenore, how are you today? I'm fine this morning, Jason. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Trying to make sense of what's been going on with these recently released CDC statistics that say that in COVID-related deaths, only 6% were listed with the virus as the sole cause of death, while 94% had two or more causes. Now, this has been tweeted about by many conservatives. Uh, The president even shared it, but the post was removed by Twitter for violating their guides on misinformation. Can you clarify this for our listeners? Yeah, no, this is another example of the CDC uh, giving you ambiguous information. Uh, I don't think the African-American community can any longer trust CDC to give it wise and uh, studied counsel. Well, when most people pass, all the diagnoses that they currently have are listed on the death certificate. For example, 94% of people whose death, death certificate had both COVID and also obesity, diabetes, or some other chronic disease. But people can live with obesity and diabetes and heart disease for years, but then get infected with COVID and die quickly. So most of the deaths that are listed as COVID-related deaths are people who die with pre-existing conditions, but the COVID virus is what kills them. In fact, the CDC in one of its honest statements suggested that at the end of this year, COVID-19 will end up as the, one of the top 10 causes of death for 2020. So don't be fooled by these statistics. These people have these pre-existing conditions, but they're not dying from them. They're dying from COVID virus infection. Well, that makes complete and total sense to me, and that explains why they've you know, fought back hard against this and are taking down these posts as they continue to be shared. Yeah, I think that there's just a lot of misinformation coming out of the administration. And because we as African-Americans most at risk, we're in danger from this misinformation. That's why we have Black Doctors Speak as a podcast, because we give you honest, vetted, uh, and transparent information. So, Jason, our recommendations remain the same. Social distancing, wearing a mask, and staying away from large crowds. But as we stay away from large crowds, we're starting to stay home, and we're starting to see a few more pounds start to creep on the people in our diets, start to get a little off kilter, that in the absence of exercise. That's why we invited Chef Nikki Shaw to talk to us about food, family, and culture. This special guest today is Chef Nikki Shaw. She's an honor graduate of Howard University, subsequently graduating from the Southeast Culinary Academy. Starting as a caterer, she's been the featured chef for the American Diabetic Association, the American Heart Association, 
Kaiser Hospital, the Oakland A's, and the Golden State Warriors. Chef Sean, welcome to our program. Thank you, Dr. Lenore. I love what you're doing, and I appreciate you for having me today. Now, I've known Chef Shaw most of her life, but I didn't know that you had an interest in cooking. When did that start, and why? Oh, wow. That started probably when I was a toddler, before I could even reach the counter. I, you know, I was, I was in a low-income family. I was home alone a lot of times after school. And, you know, I had to make do. I had to make dinner until my parents got home. So I just experimented and fell in love with cooking. When was the moment you decided to be a chef? I decided to be a chef after I graduated from Howard University. And I went into my major, which was marketing. And I just, I was miserable every day coming home after work. I knew that I had to tap into my passion. So then I went to culinary school. And after I became a chef, I didn't even have to set my alarm clock to wake up in the morning. I was just excited about waking up and and just living my dream. You know, I can remember, though, when I was growing up, that as an, as an African-American, we, we never talked about the healthiness of foods. I mean, my mother was a great cook. And she had a lot of techniques and we had a lot of different kinds of foods, but health was never an issue. Uh, what made you focus on the health of African Americans, and and what has been your experience that was a background for that focus? Well, I'm powerful about empowering my people. I love my community, but I also see that we're suffering with diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and obesity. And not only do I see it in my community, but I see it right here in my own family. And as I grow up. I see my family members trying to correct the problems and the the challenges, the health challenges they have with all the damage that they've made over the years. So I look at them and I talk to them and I try to avoid all the mistakes that they made. So that's why I'm passionate about empowering my community and my family. You know, when I first got married, I tried to talk to my wife about keeping the bacon can. That was a oh, state yeah. my mother's cooking. My mother had a bacon can. We poured everything, chicken and grease and everything went into that one bacon can. But my wife, who being a little bit younger and a little bit more modern, said, no, no, that bacon can was a death sentence. Was she right? Oh, absolutely. We all grew up with the grease can on the stove. And my mother wasn't a big cook, but she knew how to fry bacon and and pour that bacon grease right back in that can, and then she'd fry chicken, then she'd pour that bacon grease, that chicken grease in the can, and whatever she made, she would dip in that can and start whatever her dish was, she would start with that grease. Now, coming from a low-income family, we looked at that as, hey, we're making a smart decision. We're recycling some grease, right? We're saving some money. And in addition to saving the money, we were making our food taste delicious because whatever we made, whether it was collard greens or pancakes, it had that that flavor of the bacon and the fried chicken, right? So we mm-hmm. thought we were we we thought we were amazing cooks because everything tasted so good. But really, we were doing two things. We were we were harming ourselves because there's a ton of bacteria 
that grows in that grease can, especially if it sits out all day and all night. And two, we were harming our hearts and our arteries because all of that grease isn't good for us because it's blocking our arteries. So, yeah, that was a death sentence. Today, we know better. I guess the damage has already been done because my mother used that bacon can for just about everything. Well, most of us were raised to fellowship around food, right? Most of us were raised that this is how we show our love. And I believe it goes back to even slavery when the slaves were forced to use the leftovers from the animal part. So what we did as slaves, we took them in the kitchen, we doctored them up, and we made them taste good. I just want to make this other point, Dr. Lenore. Mindset is what I've had the biggest challenge with when I talk to people because they they want the same kind of results. Like they'll, they'll say to me, well, Chef Nikki, I like pork bacon. I don't like the taste of turkey bacon. And I tell them simply, well, wrap your mind around either enjoying the taste of turkey bacon or making another decision. But don't look to turkey bacon to taste like pork bacon because it's not going to taste like that. And sometimes I hear people say, well, the the non-dairy cheese or the low-fat cheese doesn't melt the same as uh, as the cheese I grew up on. And then I have to tell them, well, no, it's not going to do that, but you're not going to get that same result. You're going to get a better result by using a better product. I mean, we, we fight about this, but the macaroni and cheese is still not as good as when it had that government cheese. That wasn't cheese. Actually, if you read the box, it says on it, processed cheese food. So they were clever with the words. Glad you brought that up, Dr. Lenore, because we also have to identify our individual challenge because everyone's challenge isn't the same. So there's there's three major challenges within our African-American community. There's one, money. There's two, time and convenience. And three is ideas or creativity. Now, when I say money, I mean, well, quite honestly, everyone can't always afford to make healthy choices. It is expensive to go to grocery stores that have organic foods that have gra- grass-fed meat. That reminds me of a, a lyric from Johnny Guitar Watson. I hate to bring him into a serious conversation like this, but Johnny Guitar Watson said, I went to the supermarket just to take a good look. He said, Kareem Abdul couldn't reach those prices with a sky hook. Organic prices are at almost twice as much uh, as, as the regular prices. Absolutely. And you know what? Johnny Guitar Watson said that back in the day. So now it's almost impossible if you're a low-income family with children to go in there and buy organic fruits and vegetables and grass-fed meat. But with every obstacle that I bring, I also like to bring a solution. So my solution is go to your local farmer's market, take advantage of the low price of what's in season because whatever's in season is going to have a higher nutritional value and it's also going to be a lower price. Wholesale stores, the large brands we have out here, and buy your food wholesale if you can. Also, if you have to go to fast food restaurants, make healthy choices and go to fast food restaurants that offer healthier choices. You know, that's what always amazes me. 
to digress a little bit on fast foods. Uh, as a pediatrician, I've always talked to parents about diet and, and exercise, of course. And diet, I mean, they they always say, oh, yeah, Dr. Moore, we want to we wanna do this. We want to make sure that, you know, we get healthy choices for our children, and we want to make sure that they don't get any processed foods. Yet you go to McDonald's, and it's full of little children, and a child cannot drive to McDonald's. So if they had McDonald's, it's because the parents took them. So fast foods are really not a good thing for anybody, occasionally, occasionally. Nothing wrong with the double hamburger, twice bacon, you know, once in a while. But for most of the time, fast food is not, are not good for children. And I think that that's something that should be uh, most often avoided. Let's go ahead. Well, that's, you're absolutely right. When you go to a fast food restaurant, nowadays some restaurants have taken this into consideration and they're giving us better choices. For instance, they're offering side salads instead of fries. They're offering grilled chicken instead of hamburgers or a fish option. They're offering bottled water instead of a soda. You go to McDonald's or you go to uh, Popeye's, you're not looking for those salads. So, so our second obstacle is time and convenience. So particularly these days, um, you know, more women are in the workforce than when our, you know, when our parents were, were working. So a lot of times women are the one in charge of making the meals and getting them, you know, getting the family fed. So sometimes time and convenience is your obstacle. Money is not your, your obstacle. So you have money to maybe order order groceries from a service. You have the resources to order meal meal prep from other places. But we have to make the healthy decision when we are ordering meal prep. We have to be conscious of the way the foods are prepared. So we have to go for the baked, grilled options over the deep fried. And then third... When we're working with cheaper cuts of meat, it tastes better if we cook them low and slow. So the higher-end cuts of meat, we can cook them quickly and they'll be delicious. But cheaper cuts, we have to take a little more time and maybe add a little more seasoning. But at the same time, remember that when we do use our seasonings, we have to use fresh herbs and avoid salt and sugar. So what else can we do to make sure that our diets are healthier? What we have to do is make the right choices when we get into the grocery store. And what that means is we have to focus on fruits and vegetables. And the grocery stores have gotten very creative. What they do is they put the fruits and vegetables on one end of the, of the grocery store. Then they put the meat on the opposite end because the way they're thinking is they want to make money. So their marketing team is telling them, in order for the consumer to get from one end of the store, because we know they're probably going to buy fruits and vegetables, to get to the other end, hopefully they'll go up and down every aisle and then put stuff in their basket. So we have to be conscious to shop the perimeter of the grocery store more. But now that if you talk about diet, that as African Americans, we have to be concerned about several diseases. Certainly we have to be concerned about hypertension. We have to be concerned about diabetes. Uh, and we have to concern, we're concerned about the obesity that plagues our community. Sometimes when we talk to, when I talk to other health experts, they're a little embarrassed about talking to the black community about obesity and about the diet. Uh, my feeling is, look, everybody knows now that if you eat too many carbohydrates, 
it's going to push your, your diabetes. If you eat too many uh, fats, it's going to push your, um, your hypertension. But, you know, it gets confusing, uh, Chef uh, Nikki, because some of the times we don't know which kind of diet to get on. What are the diets that you recommend for African Americans? This is an awesome question. Thank you for asking that. Right now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Are there any foods that boost your immune system? Yes. It is important that we eat tons of foods to boost our immune system. And again, it's seasonal fresh fruits and vegetables, and we have to get our protein in. We can get our protein from lean meat, but we can also get it from eggs. I love to incorporate eggs within my diet every day. And in addition to lean meats, we need to incorporate healthy fats. Now, when I say healthy fats, I'm talking about avocado, I'm talking about olive oil, and any kind of nut. Those are the healthy fats that our body needs. Now that we're in the pandemic, what are some of the special issues that you think we need to be concerned about with diet? Self-care is key because the quarantine 15 is real. So the quarantine 15 is this little extra weight that we may have picked up, maybe 15 pounds or so, since we've all been in the midst of this pandemic, right? What I want to encourage our listeners to be conscious of is the word diet. That word diet, people understand it differently. I like to say healthy lifestyle because some people think, oh, a diet is temporary. A diet is something that you do to drop a few pounds to get to where you want, and then you go back to doing what you were doing. No, a lifestyle change is something that we have to wrap our minds around that we want to change in our life to live like this for the rest of our lives. Now, there's a few components that go into living a healthy lifestyle. One, as I've said, we have to load up on the fruits and vegetables every day. We cannot avoid that. We have to eat food that comes from the earth. Two, we have to eat lean meats, which is chicken, fish, and turkey. Three, we have to drink plenty of water. That means even if we enjoy um, a soft drink, we can enjoy that in moderation, but we have to drink plenty of water. Now, I know your question was, which diet do we go on? But my answer is, don't go on a diet. Wrap your mind around this healthy lifestyle. And I gave you the answers to the test right there. Fruits and vegetables, lean meat, and water. One of the things we haven't talked about uh, is alcohol, you know, because I mean, one of the things that this pandemic has done, they put us at home more often, put more stress on us. We're starting to see more uh, alcohol consumption. How do your people who are interested in health handle alcohol? I do see that um, alcohol consumption is at a high rate right now. In addition to being conscious of, of the effects of alcohol in our body, alcohol is a depressant. Really? <laughs> yes. I'll take your word for it, but go ahead. <laughs> so not only do we have to be conscious of our alcohol intake, we have to understand that once we drink that alcohol, it turns to sugar in our body. It turns to carbs. So sugar plays a big part in our mental health. So I know that sometimes we enjoy things that contain sugar, 
but it has been directly linked to depression and anxiety. So it's important that we we decrease our amount of sugar intake, especially during this pandemic. Yeah, well, let's go to Chef Nikki's grocery list. I was really fascinated by your grocery list. Let's look at some of the foods that we commonly eat, and you can just tell us one word what those foods do. Let's Foremost, I love cruciferous vegetables, and cruciferous just means that it's from the cabbage family. So I love um, collard greens, kale, mustard greens, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, asparagus. I always load up on vegetables, and the more color in our vegetables, the better. So, of course, load up on the green vegetables, but also load up on the yellow and the orange because they contain beta carotene, and we also and, need that. And don't put no bacon fat in them greens, in them greens either. <laughs> nope, no bacon fat. So after the vegetables, then I like to bring in the fruit. And what I do is I see what's in season because, again, whatever's in season has a higher nutritional value and it's cheaper in the grocery store. So I load up on fruit, and when I – when I shop for my fruits and vegetables, I also like to buy groceries that are rich in fiber because fiber is our friend. And especially during this pandemic, we're staying at home a lot. We're not getting out and moving as much as we should. So we have to increase our fiber intake. Foods that are high in fiber are like a scrub brush within our intestines. And we need that to eliminate so foods that are high in fiber are split peas, lentils, beans, chia seeds, broccoli, peas, greens, raspberries, apples, and pears. So I'll always have plenty of foods uh, with plenty of fiber, and I'll also have um, my lean meats, chicken, fish, and turkey, and I will avoid the beef and the pork altogether. But that's just me. Um, that's just my personal grocery list. People are vegetarians or vegans and don't eat meat and don't get protein from meat. I recommend eating a lot of beans or lentils so that they'll get their fiber, their protein, their iron, and their vitamin B. One final question. When you talk to people about um, diet, talk to people about your passion is so great. What is what do you? What is your final statement to the African American community about the role between diet and disease? Well, I will encourage our listeners to make better choices because when we make better choices, we feel better, and when we feel better, we do better. When we eat better, I believe that we are in a happier place. We can't afford to live a healthy lifestyle. But really, we can't afford not to live a healthy lifestyle because we can pay now and we can invest in healthy food, fruits, vegetables, and lean meat, or we can pay later like a lot of our older family members and we're paying in doctor bills and hospital visits. So I'm encouraging our listeners to make those conscious decisions to invest in yourselves now and invest in putting healthy food in your body so we don't have to worry about later on in life trying to correct the bad habits that we made when we were younger.
Thank you, Chef Nikki Shaw, for that interesting discussion on food, family, and culture. Yeah, that was definitely a very interesting uh, conversation and, and much needed, especially during these times. One thing that stood out to me is that often in our communities, uh, you know, we tend to believe that kids can eat whatever they want because they'll either go through a growth spurt or they have high metabolism. Uh, can you speak to the obesity rate among black children, and when should healthy eating start? Well, Jason, there's no question that African-American youngsters have higher rates of obesity than other youngsters. I think one of the problems is after we get through the infant-toddler stage where you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding, it's kind of a family free-for-all, and you start to feed youngsters the way you eat. And if you're eating healthy and you're looking at your diet with some of the principles mentioned by Chef Nikki Shaw, then I think your children will grow up with those very same habits. One of the things that always amazes me, as I said in the interview, Whenever I go to a fast food restaurant, and to be honest, I do go from time to time, I see it full of young children, uh, some as young as two, three, and four. Now, a young child up until the age of about 15 to 60 cannot drive to fast food restaurants. You have to take them. And then what amazes me is that when parents see these children uh, getting bigger and larger with poor eating habits, they wonder where they came from. They usually come from the family. The family itself has to take on this issue as a whole family. It can't take on this issue for one individual child. So if your children are not eating healthy or if they're gaining weight inordinately, then it has to do with the philosophy of the family. And unless that philosophy changes, you have very little chance of changing that child's eating habits. Right. We have to make sure we're maintaining a diet that makes sense for our children um, and not necessarily a diet that makes sense for us as adults. So as always, we take questions and engage with our followers and listeners on social media. We're at Black Doctor Speak on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and at Black Doc Speak on Twitter. But given the recent events of this week, we actually had a lot of questions and concerns around this. Uh, this week, unexpectedly, we lost actor Chadwick Boseman to what was a four-year battle with colon cancer. And he was only 43 years old, uh, which is way too young to lose anyone. What's the reaction to this? I mean, what is the call to action for our people? Anybody at any age can develop colon cancer, and unfortunately that's what happened to Bozeman. Uh, one of the things that people have to be concerned about is the fact that these polyps can be identified in a non-cancerous form. And so that what we recommend for people uh, is that they see a gastroenterologist over the age of 50 and have a colonoscopy. Now, a colonoscopy you can get about every 10 years, and if they see polyps, they can remove them. But if you have certain signs and symptoms like a persistent change in your bowel habits or rectal bleeding or persistent abdominal pain or feeling that the bowel doesn't empty quite right or get weak or fatigued or suddenly lose weight, it's time to see your doctor, and you have to consider whether or not colon cancer is a possibility. If detected early and treated aggressively, especially during the stage when it's a polyp, then colon cancer is definitely curable. Unfortunately, he probably had a very aggressive form. Seems like he was treated appropriately. But once it gets to a certain stage, it's very difficult to manage. We all feel this loss. Agreed. Uh, it's a very, very hard loss for our community. And, and of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and his friends and loved ones. 
Um, it is too young to lose somebody, and we do encourage people, like we said on social media, to please go to your doctors, get your physicals, you know, go get checked up, and if you sense anything is wrong, go get checked out and advocate for yourself. Don't take no for an answer. You know, it's interesting that we have these two discussions today, Jason, because they are linked in some way. Uh, there is some evidence that how we eat determines whether or not we develop colon cancer. So I'd like to thank Chef Nikki Shaw for joining us for this discussion, and we could talk about food all day long, but we run out of time. I'd like to thank our audience for joining us on today's edition of Black Doctors Speak. Remember, health is your biggest asset, so protect it. Well, thank you to our listeners. Before we sign off today, we just want to take a moment on behalf of the Black Doctors Speak podcast to let you know all those who are out there standing up for racial and social justice, those protesting in Kenosha, that at Black Doctors Speak, we hear you, we see you, and we stand with you. Keep up the good work, and we have your back. Black Doctors Speak is a weekly podcast sponsored by the African American Wellness Project, the Markel Lenore Endowment, and the Dan Weinstein Family Fund. Continue the conversation with us on social media at Black Doctors Speak, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and on Twitter at Black Docs. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.